Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. He wants us to take every little thing to Him. Don't wait for the big stuff. Take it all to Him. Today we'll be back in John chapter 7. And uh, last week we talked about the first few verses. So we're going to be in John chapter 7. And we're going to look at verses 14 through the about 24 today. Remember we've been talking about how Jesus uh, in the chapter 6, He talked about the bread of life and how he was that bread that came from heaven and how this book's been written that we might believe the signs that he did but the problem is is everybody keeps looking at the signs and they can't get past the signs to see that Jesus is really the Christ the savior of the world we saw that Nicodemus couldn't but we saw that the that the woman at the well did. We saw that the Samaritans did. We saw that the nobleman did whose son was healed. We've seen that that Jesus keeps telling them that He's God. And as we get to this section today, remember last week we talked about His brothers. That His brothers wanted Him to go to the feast. But uh, they wanted Him to go to the feast because they said, well, you know, if you are who you say you are, go show them. You know, of course, they probably enjoyed like enjoyed being Jesus' brother and all the attention they probably got. Oh, you're Jesus' brothers? Hey, you know, we like him because all the miracles and all the things that he does, right? But when they got to chapter 6, all of a sudden they, he loses a lot of the people because he told them who he really was. And he, and he showed them who he was. And remember, a lot of people walked off from him. And that's what happens when we get to the real Jesus. People want a Jesus that will heal you. People want a Jesus that will feed you. They want a Jesus that will do this, that, and the other. But they don't want a Jesus who's just and who will send people to hell if they don't trust Him. Their Jesus wouldn't do that. But that's not the Jesus of the Bible. And so as we get to this section today, you know, his brothers didn't believe, even though he had done all these signs and wonders and miracles, but the root of our unbelief is always, we want to do it our way. The number one song sang in funerals is, I did it my way. As we get through this section of scripture today, we might not make it past verse 17 or 18, but we'll see. 
Because uh, right there is some very important stuff, and it's really the crux of the matter. So let's read verses 14, and I'm going to read 14 to 24. John chapter 7, verse 14 to 24. Now about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught, and the Jews marveled, saying, How does this man know letters, having never studied? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Did not Moses give you the law, yet none of you keeps the law? Why do you seek to kill me? The people answered and said, You have a demon who is seeking to kill you. Jesus answered and said to them, I did one work, and you all marvel. Moses therefore gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers, and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so so that the law of Moses should not be broken... Are you angry with me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath? Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Remember Jesus told his brothers that they wanted him to go up to the feast and do all these miracles and signs because they want him to be seen. They, they like being Jesus' brother. They like being important because they like the, the important Jesus. And he loses all his disciples and Jesus tells them, Look, I'm not going up to the feast yet. He says it's not my time to go because, you know, he's on a divine timetable. He he can't go to the cross until it's time for him to go to the cross. He can't do certain things until it's time for him to do certain things. Because God has designated a time for all this to happen. And the Bible even predicts a specific day that Jesus goes to the cross and dies on the cross. And He even dies at the very same time that the Passover lambs are being killed and slaughtered. Because you remember in John chapter 1, verse 29, uh, John said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That's who Jesus is. He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He died for our sins and He died in our place. And he died that we might have eternal life. As we get to this section today, he's at that feast and he decides to go up in the middle of it. And he has a particular thing that he wants to do at a particular time for a particular purpose. And so as he gets there in verse 14, it says, Now about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and he taught. See, they were looking for him to do signs and wonders and miracles, but what does he do? He gives them the word. Remember we said the Samaritans believed in the word of God, and that was how they were saved, right? Instead of showing them signs and wonders and miracles, he gives them the word of God, which is not what they were expecting. They're looking for more miracles. And he teaches. And remember Jesus when he taught... He didn't quote all the rabbis and all the things like everybody else did. 
he spoke straight from the word of God. And it says the Jews in verse 15 marveled, saying, how does this man know letters having never studied? In other words, how does this man know the scripture having never studied? And if you know anything about this time, remember the Jews had particular schools just like today we have schools of study. And they they studied the scripture and they had two great guys. One of them was actually a liberal guy, didn't really teach the word of God, but it was Gamaliel and can't think of the other guy's name right this second, Hillel. They were two great guys that taught the scriptures and they were supposed to be the the, the great and mighty rabbis of their day, the great and mighty teachers of their day. And so Jesus goes and he starts just teaching the scriptures. And they're like, well, he didn't ever study under anybody. How in the world does he know the word of God like he knows? And they marvel at that. And remember, he's God, so he knows the word of God. But I'm sure as a human being, he had to study it too, because the Bible says that he grew in, in stature and in knowledge. And so he had to learn just like we did. But Jesus answers them, and this word, let me back up one second, this word marveled means that they marvel in such a way that it starts drawing hatred. Because see, all the Jews would quote this rabbi and that rabbi and another rabbi. But here he is teaching in a whole new way and they're all amazed and they're all probably jealous the Jews are. Notice it says, and the Jews marvel. There's three crowds here in this group. And we'll see three different debates. And, and there's a crowd called the Jews. Remember I've told y'all over and over again that the Jews are the people, when, when John uses the term Jews, he's speaking of the people that hate Jesus. They're the powers that be. They're the Pharisees, the Sadducees. And all of these people who hate Jesus, they're the ones that are in control and they're the powerful people. And they are the lawyers of their day and and the political people. And they hate Jesus because their power, their authority has been threatened. And they don't like that. They want to be the big dog on the totem pole. They don't want anybody else to take their place. But here comes Jesus. And he's starting to take their place. So they've been trying to find something to, to do to get rid of him. And this is about six months after he actually did the Bread of Life discourse. And it's about six months before he goes to the cross. And during this time, Jesus has kind of been laying low and staying out of the sight of the Jews because he knows that they want to kill him and it's not time for him to go to the cross. These Jews marveled. And, and they marveled in such a way that they hated him. And, and Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine, verse 16, is not mine, but his who sent me. And, and they, they, they have a problem with his teaching, but he's going to tell them they actually have a problem with hearing. Because he says, My doctrine is not mine, but he who sent me. In other words, this teaching that I'm giving y'all is coming straight from heaven. That God has given me this word. God is showing me what I'm supposed to say. And then he tells them here, If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God 
or whether I speak on my own authority. This is really, I think, the key part here in verse 18 also. Because basically what Jesus tells them is that if you want to know who I am, if you want to know that I'm really the Christ, if you really want to know the truth about me, if you really want to understand my word, then you have to be willing to do whatever it is that uh, God wants you to do. In other words, you have to be willing to believe. And, and, and it's kind of crazy because Jesus had told them back in another chapter, they said, what must we do to do the works of God? And he said, this is the work of God that you believe. And, and, and over and over and over again, Jesus has told them you need to believe. And if you remember, and we'll see, I don't know how much of this we see in John, but we see a lot of it in the other Gospels because remember what happens? The people don't want to believe Him, so what does Jesus do? He tells parables so that they don't understand. And then He pulls His disciples aside and He explains to His disciples what these parables mean. Because, see, these people really don't want to know who He really is. He tells them over and over and over and over again that He is God come down from heaven to die on the cross. And they refuse to believe. They refuse to believe. And when we saw that in chapter 6, when, when they refused to believe, what did He do? First He told him He was the bread of life. And then he started telling him, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. He didn't really mean you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. But he, need, he, he meant that you need to receive me into you. Believe on me. Trust on me. That, that Jesus is life. In the beginning, chapter 1, verse 4, I believe it is. All the way back in the beginning of the book, it says, actually back up in verse 3, it says, all things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of men. In other words, He gives us life, right? He is the one that brings life. And and He's the one who gives life. He not only gives physical life, but He gives spiritual life. Because Jesus told uh, Nicodemus, you must be born again. That once you trust Christ, that that's considered the new birth. And when you're reborn, when you trust Christ, when you believe that He is who He said He is, that He died on the cross, that He died in your place, that He died for your sins, or in their case, they were looking forward to Him coming, then you become a child of the King and you become born again and you become a new creation. But because they wouldn't believe, what does He do? He makes it harder and harder and harder. And he speaks harder and harder and harder things. And they say, this is a hard saying. Who can receive it? In other words, man, why are you saying just such hard stuff? Nobody can handle such hard stuff. You know, and the Bible sometimes is tough. It's in your face. It tells you, you know, that you're messed up, that you've got problems, that you need to get fixed, and that Jesus is the only solution. But the problem is, is we as human beings, we don't like to hear that. 
What we like to hear is, uh, I'm okay, you're okay. There was a book back a long time ago, I'm okay, you're okay. That's what we like to hear. We like to hear that, you know, hey, we're wonderful, we're kind, we're loving, and we can be. But the Bible tells us over in Ephesians 2 that we were dead in our trespasses and our sins. That we were children of wrath. We were disobedient. We were sinners. We were enemies of God, Romans 5. That's the bad news. But the good news is when you trust Christ, He makes you into a friend of Jesus. You become a person that is not the person you used to be. You, be, you can become loving and caring and kind and all these things that you weren't before. And people don't like to hear that. They, they want to they wanna think that there's something they can do to get into heaven. They want to think there's something they can do to be pleasing to God. But the Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one. So here's the crux of the matter. Is do you realize that you're broken? Do you realize that you're a sinner? Do you realize that the only way that you're going to be fixed and straightened out is if Jesus comes into your life and fixes you? You know, that, that, that's the question. And these people thought, you know, these Pharisees thought that they were what? All that and then some because they tithed and they did this and they did that and they did the other and they thought they were righteous. But Jesus talked about the tax collector and the Pharisee and He said that the tax collector went away saved, justified before God because He said, be, be merciful to me a sinner. He realized who He was. But the, but the Pharisee said, oh God, I do this, I do that, I do the other. Hey, look at me, pat me on the back, I'm a wonderful person. But God says, no, you're not. And you need me to become a wonderful person. <laughs> but until then, you're not. And people don't like to hear that message. And I think a couple people have recently maybe not come back because the message we've been preaching. And, you know, it's hard. If you don't know Christ, you don't want to hear the truth. If you don't want to hear that there's only one way to heaven, then you don't come back. And, you know, I don't always like to preach these hard things, but they're there in the Bible. The only way we're going to know the truth is if we read this Bible. Because that's where it says. Jesus said, Lord... God, Father, sanctify them by your truth. In other words, cleanse them by your truth. He said, thy word is truth. So James says the word is a mirror. We look into the mirror and the mirror tells us, oh, you you need to fix something, you know. Oh, well, I need to fix that. I need to do this. I need to do that. And, And the word tells us what we need to do in our lives, how to change the things that are messed up. The bottom line is, is if we're willing to believe if we're willing to do what it is that He wants us to do, then He'll show us who He really is. But if all we care about is ourselves and our glory, who we are, I mean, have you noticed all the shows in America? If you turn on the TV shows, it's you can dance. Who wants to be a millionaire? American Idol and all the shows, everything, everybody's always glorified, right? I mean, they're always glorifying somebody. 
But who's supposed to get the glory? Let's look at verse 18. He says, He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. This is where I'm getting to. Jesus said, see, the the way you know who Jesus really is. Remember the Bible says, if anybody comes to me, they must come as a little child. How's a little child come? A little child is kind of naive, right? They just believe anything you tell them. They, they, they trust you. They follow you. They, man, if you tell them to do this, they'll go do it. They don't, they don't know any better because they love us and they trust us and they haven't been taught the ways of the world yet and they don't understand people will lie to you and tell you to do wrong things and tell you that things are wrong and then, and then when you're through, they'll mess you up and lie to you because they tell you to do the wrong things. But little kids don't understand that. You can tell them to do something wrong and they just trust you. You know, they, you're not even looking at them and they jump on you thinking you're going to catch them because they trust you. And that's what Jesus said we must become as a little child. We just need to believe Him, to trust Him. Because He is the one who will never lie to us. You know, Jesus also said that whoever wants to be first needs to be last. Whoever wants to be the greatest must be the servant of all. He said, if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, at the proper time, I will exalt you. He says, you've got to take up your cross daily. Deny yourself. Follow Him. And so, the way of the world says, man, lift yourself up. Look good. Tell everybody who you are. Just, man, jump around and holler and let everybody see who you are. That's what his brother said, didn't he? Go to the middle, go to the feast and show who you are. Prove to them, say, hey, you know, I'm God and show off, man. Just show everybody who you are. And that's what people say to do. That's what all these shows are about. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? And all these contest shows they got on TV. You know, who could be the greatest? Who could be the smartest? But Jesus says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and at the proper time. I will exalt you. If I want you to be in a place, I will put you there. But it's not your job to get there. It's not your job to do, do to manipulate everybody to do everything to get there. But I will do it for you. But we've got it backwards in this old world. We think that it's our job to make everything happen. happen, And we manipulate people and we cheat and we lie and we steal and we do everything we can to be the top dog on the block. And everybody, hey, look what they've achieved, you know. But that's not what it's about. Because Jesus said, he who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. And that's what he's talking about, these Pharisees. All they want to do is be seen and be heard, be looked at, be praised by men. He's already told them over in John chapter 5, uh, verse 43 and 44, he said, I have come in my Father's name and you do not receive me. If another one comes in his own name, him you will receive. 
How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes only from God? Romans chapter 1. Tough verses. Verse 18 to about 32 talks about that because they would not worship God, even though they knew there was God, they didn't worship Him, but they worshiped the creature rather than the Creator. I mean, isn't that what it's all about? American Idol. All these things. I'm just using TV shows as examples, but you look on TV, look at the commercials. They lift up this woman as the, you know, what we're all supposed to be like. They lift up this man as what we're all supposed to be like. And if you're not that, you're nothing. If you don't have the uh, rock hard body and look like you just stepped off the front of GQ magazine, you're nobody. And we've destroyed a whole generation by selling them the lie that, that it's all about looks and power and who, what you can do and, and showing off to the world. But Jesus says, look, you got to be humble because you got to be willing to receive what I say. Then he says that you don't need to be speaking on your own, but you need to seek the glory of the one who sent you because the one who sent him but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true he's talking about himself yes we see glimpses of Jesus glory every time he does a miracle every time he he does things for people and he loves on them and 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 heals people and removes demons and all these things that he does every time we see those we we see Jesus glory But the bottom line is, he says, we're here to glorify Him. Isn't that right? We're here to glorify God. And that's that's the bottom line is, is the whole reason we exist is to be conformed to God's image and to glorify Him. I was reading a verse this morning. I was trying to remember where it was at, Psalm 91. But the bottom line is, as he says in verse uh, 16, he says, Let your work appear to your servants and your glory to their children, and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. And so many places the Bible talks about the glory of the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. We will be glad and rejoice in it. If we understand... As one man says, that, that the, our whole reason for existence is to make much of Him. Because when we're changed, when we do the things that God wants us to do, and when we lift Him up, and that what Isaiah said, I saw Him high and lifted up. He was on the throne. And He couldn't even look at Him. And the, and the angels were around Him. They couldn't even look at Him. They, they covered their feet and they covered their, their eyes because they couldn't look at the glory of God. Because He is so wonderful, so glorious, so majestic. And that's what we need to do today is get a glimpse of the glory of God, how great He is. One man said it like this, He's a, he's a great God and I'm a great sinner. <laughs> But he, but he's greater than my sin, and we sing a song like that: "Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all my sin." Right? 
And God is so great. He is so awesome. And that's what Jesus is trying to get through to these people. That this life is not about us, folks, but it's about Him. He saved us so that we might be made like Him. That's why they call us Christians. Christian means little Christ. It means we're supposed to look like Christ. And that what it says? Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify, not Marty, but our Father who's in heaven. Jesus said in John 17, I have glorified you, Father. Now glorify me with the glory which I had before the foundation of the world. But Jesus gave up all His glory. He gave up all His praise, all of His stuff, so that we could go to heaven and be with Him one day. And that's what it's all about, folks. It's about His glory. About His honor. And it's about His praise. So, let's just remember that. That God loves us and God cares for us. But the bottom line is, is, is the whole reason He came is that He might be glorified and lifted up. Well, why don't we sing number 34, Glory to His Name. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to to the Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 8, 32.